Vodka. 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 Vodka o'clock. Hey there, everyone. It's Amber Love, and you're listening to Vodka O'Clock Podcast from AmberUnmasked.com. Don't forget, we are labeled as an explicit website and podcast, which is totally perfect for my guest today and for what we're going to be talking about, because I'm welcoming back to the show Jeff Mack, who is going to give us the whole lowdown on the two sister conventions called Wicked Fair and Voltaire's Necrocomicon, which take place in central New Jersey in February. So, Jeff, thank you for uh, taking time out of your travel schedule here to join us. Well, you're welcome. I'd like to thank my boyfriend for driving right now so that I don't have to drive and talk on the phone and drink this bottle of vodka at the same time, because uh, that would yes. require three hands, and that would be difficult. Yes, and quite illegal, so we thank him for for that. You might get a little extra value, because I might sneak in a little discussion of the Steampunk World Fair while we're at it, too, so you might get three for the cost of two. Yeah, I know. There's been a lot of uh, World's Fair announcements already coming out, and I'm I'm just like, guys, slow down, slow down. <laughs> so explain, um, you know, like Wicked Fair, I had always heard about for years, and um, had kind of been described to me as like, because it's in the middle of winter, the dead of winter here in New Jersey, which is miserable, but it's like a more adult-themed uh sort of renaissance fair but it's always like themed and it's inside a hotel so it's really like um isolated and safe and you're amongst your own weirdos kind of a thing and now you've you've partnered it up with voltaire the musician and creator in every aspect entertainer um and he's doing necro comic-con in the hotel next door i'm guessing and what's you know what is the sort of uh general idea of the entire show Wow, I thought you just pretty much described it. I can pretty much keep drinking this vodka bottle and go to sleep. I mean, you've nailed it on the head. Okay. <laughs> no, well, sorry. I know that you have a theme. You have you have a theme every year. So um, what's the theme? So this year we had a, an experimental theme. We've had a lot of really specific themes like the chocolate factory or the mad tea party. This year's theme was through the hedge, and through the hedge for Wicked Fair has a number of meanings. It has a very clear fairy meaning for us. It has that implication of the fairyland that is just past where you can normally see or what you can normally experience. But we also wanted to take a little bit further. This year's Wicked Fair in particular wanted to be more of a celebration, more of an embracing of all of the strange, unusual things that people are into, that people can enjoy, which other folks just don't quite imagine or don't quite see or don't quite understand why we would like these things. I have a Vodka O'Clock exclusive for you, actually, which is part of why we change it. Yes, literally, there are currently four people who know about this, and you are going to be number five plus listeners here. We've been in the same hotel for the Wicked Winter Renaissance Fair, for the past half a decade, five years, we are moving hotels next year. Oh, my goodness. Okay. This, this is it is, because it's growing so much? It is growing. It is growing. And also, you know, I will be perfectly honest. There is a new management team coming into this hotel. This hotel has always been wonderful for us and always been good for us. But this is just something cyclical in the hotel industry that almost every hotel... Every couple of years, 
there'll be a new trend in the hotel industry or there'll be a new management team. And the new management team says, I don't get why our hotel, our nice, pretty hotel, is full of all these weirdos. What if some important person in a business suit walked in and saw us being full of strange people? Why, they clearly never come back. We should go and search for more corporate business. And, of course, aside from lots of problems with that, one of the simplest problems is, you know, those people who wear business suits and sometimes are doctors, lawyers, corporate executives, the sorts of people hotels claim they want to go after, those people are also at this event. It's just that while they're at this event, they usually have mechanical steampunk arms or they're dressed up as absence fairies or something. Exactly. They're just going to have a mask on so you don't recognize them. Exactly. So part of it for us was a real celebration, kind of a defiance, you know, kind of a thing. We can be in a hotel for five years and have a great relationship and have this experience where, frankly, there's 365 hotel rooms in that hotel. They go for $119 a night. We fill that hotel up all weekend plus Thursday, plus Thursday, plus Sunday, plus we eat in the restaurant, plus we're at the bar, that is a very reasonable chunk of cold, hard corporate cash. And all that still isn't always enough to make the corporate world say, yes, these are good folks, let's hang out with them. So this year we decided, you know what? We're not bitter about it. We're happy about it. Let's embrace it. Let's embrace the fact that, no, we are not too successful to find a new hotel. We're not too normal. This is not too much of a thing that's taken for granted. This is still one damn weird thing, and we're just going to fly that freak flag as high as it's going to go. Okay. I think that's her because I know that their, um, that geek creation was originally supposed to be up in North Jersey and moved down to central Jersey. And, um, you know, I mean, so it's certainly we have plenty of really huge hotels. So is that, are you still looking for a hotel environment or are you looking for like a convention center? Uh, We're going to be at a hotel. We're going to be at the Hyatt Regency of Princeton, New Jersey, which is a larger hotel. It's actually, um, believe it or not, we've stepped up a little bit in luxury hotels. Strangely enough, we are going to an even more luxurious hotel, but the prices are going to remain the same. They really want our business. Well, that's good because, I mean, so this year, because I don't want to confuse anybody that's listening, this year we're still going to be in the Somerset Bridgewater area at the Doubletree and the Hotel Somerset. Absolutely. Um, Because that's where it's been, you know, for a while, and and, uh, people that go to Steampunk World's Fair are used to those. So, um, but that's, you know, they've and they're very, they're they've always been very lovely places. But like you said, if we're not welcome, then screw them. Like (laughs) we can take our money somewhere else. (laughs) It's true, and you know the hotel staff is still wonderful. It's just there's yet another management team and the sales team. The sales team. The vice president of our company, Tom Sales, put it like this. As a guy who's worked in sales, I can never blame a person for betting on themselves. They're betting that if they get rid of our business, they can pull in three or four big weddings and a couple of, you know, Pfizer shows and make more money. I can't blame someone for betting on themselves, but it's really interesting to me 
that now that we're kind of established, now that people on the outside see our shows as really big, we still see ourselves very much as figuring out what we're doing and learning this as we go along and trying new crazy things every single year. You know, I've lived in the same little apartment in Hackensack for the past 14 years, which is coincidentally as long as I've been doing events. Um, it feels to me like we just get to experiment more and more and do more and more unique things every single year. And it's, it's really fun. And the only thing that really changes is that I get to drink a better brand of vodka now. Well, that's really important, of course. Actually, I'm yeah. lying. Um, anyone who knows me well knows that the only thing I really drink in private is Everclear. Oh, okay. That's down home. Well, you Very know, down home. Everclear, it gets the job done. It, it, yeah, it does. I actually use it to, to clean my costumes. <laughs> See, this is why Everclear is such a good investment, because it's excellent for drinking and it's excellent for cleaning things. Yeah. <laughs> um, so has Wicked Fair been going then just the five years that you've been at the, the uh, Somerset Hotels? Uh, or was is, it longer and somewhere else? This is the ninth year of Wicked Fair. Okay. We actually did start out in a convention center. Uh, sometimes people talk to us about, hey, the show is getting big. Why not bring it to a convention center? At some point, we might consider a convention center again. But I'll tell you, we actually have, given how much we're able to spread out for the hotel, the, the same kind of square footage that we'd have in a convention center. And while I love convention centers and I love the things you can do, and I'm probably going to do something in a convention center again, honestly speaking, there is something so much warmer, so much more human, so much more organic, so much more alive about able to be in a huge hotel than in a convention center. As an attendee, it's really sweet when you can just, like, stumble your way back to your room, rest for, you know, 45 minutes or an hour, and then go right back. You don't have to worry about a shuttle anywhere or, you know, rides and carpools and stuff like that. It's, it, yes. it, it is nice, even though it's, it, I mean, there are, there are certain hallways and stuff that can feel really cramped because there's vendors everywhere. Literally every inch of the hotel has something going on. Um, but it's, it, it is wonderfully convenient when your, your room is that close. <laughs> and you can make a lot of friends that way, you know? I mean, with something like the Steampunk World's Fair, which sells so many rooms that we sell out both hotels. Heck, we sold out both hotels pretty much before tickets went on sale and started it on the overflow. I hear all the time that people say things like, you know, I was just looking for a place I could sit down for a little while. I met these really friendly people. They let me hang out in their room, and later on I had a party there. Or, you know, even if you can't get a room in the main hotel, the fact that there are all those hotel rooms, there are all these people, each of whom is determined to make a little home for themselves inside this space, that's huge. That's something you can't get at a big, big convention center. I love Comic-Con, you know, like most people, I'm fascinated by and excited by Comic-Con, but there isn't a square inch of Comic-Con that feels like home for more than a couple of minutes. Even if you bought one of those really, really expensive booths, it's hard for that to feel like home because it costs so much and there's so much traffic flow that it always feels like work. You can't just sit back, relax, and say, okay, here I am in my room for a little while. And the bathrooms are really far away. And the bathrooms are really far away. 
which can be extremely challenging, especially if you've got the kind of outfit where, you know, it takes a couple of minutes to gain access to the necessary materials. Exactly. If you need a buddy. (laughs) Well, more than one, um, but that's a different event. (laughs) That happens, you know. But, I mean, um, I listen, you know, I listen to some shows like Sex Nerd Sandra and Polly Weekly, and they talk about the conventions like Catalyst Con. And, you know, I... It's one of those things where you can't take for granted finding a venue that's willing to host something that can be very adult oriented or just plain out weird. Like even if it was even if it was like Spanix and Capes weird, I mean it still freaks people out sometimes. So, you know, when I you know, you hear that these speakers are talking about BDSM or they're, you know, whatever it could possibly be going on, the hotel staff has to, it might be something they've never even heard of before. You know, I will say one of the things, as someone who's been able to be around for a little while, as someone who's had the good fortune and who has been blessed with the kindness of the fan community that I've been able to keep doing this for a little while, I do not look for a hotel that will accept strange, unusual people or unusual things. I look for a hotel that's going to welcome us. I it takes us a long time to do a venue search because we do not want a hotel that's going to say, well, I guess I suppose you can do those things. If at all possible, we really want a hotel that's going to say, you know what, we know what you do, we're familiar with your work, perhaps we've had something similar, maybe some of our staff have worked at events where you've run something and we want you, we want your business. We were looking at a couple of hotels And I'll tell you, you know, there was a really nice hotel that we considered switching to, but we'd worked with them in the past and had some difficulties. And in the end, we said, they're giving us a real sweetheart deal, but we want to go to a place where we really feel welcomed. Because I'll tell you, it's just like they say, if a person doesn't tip their bartender well, no matter how nice that person is to you, you probably should worry about that person. If a person's nice to you, the person who signs the checks, but you're not so sure that they're going to be nice to your attendees, then you don't want to trust them. Yeah, I think that's absolutely true. It's just, you know, good all-around general advice. And I don't want to be at all negative. Quite the opposite. I'm really, really excited. I mean, I'm still happy to be at the Doubletree. The staff of the Doubletree loves us. People that love us. The Hotel Somerset Bridgewater is a wonderful, welcoming hotel. We had such a positive experience with our experiment with the Time Travelers Resort last year that we decided to do something much bigger and much, well, more intense this year. They're both lovely, wonderful hotels. Um, I just, sorry, you know, there's it's, this it has, Sometimes there's a yeah. change, that's all. Sometimes there's just, you know. We can hope that it's, you know, that it's a big improvement and, you know, maybe the location maybe will turn more people on when you say Princeton, you know, so maybe more people will even be inclined to come. It's a straight shot down Route 1. It's going to, it's not physically going to be more than a couple of minutes for most people coming from the north and it's way closer for most people coming from the south. Heck, even if you actually live in Somerset, New Jersey, you're still not going to have too much to grumble about. It's a great, great central location. And, um, you know, 
I'm in this odd position where part of me wants to just tell you about how amazing these shows are because I think a lot of people haven't heard of Necro Comic Con and some people who've heard about Wicked Fair aren't sure what it's going to be like. But I have this weakness nowadays. I've been doing this long enough that when someone asks me a question that's kind of technical like, what do you look for in a hotel or how do you feel about the way hotels treat you? I have this kind of urge to go on at great lengths, and I, uh, I apologize. I can, um, I can get back to the shameless self-promotion, no problem. Let me just have another switch here. <laughs> All right, you, you take your time, because I know you've been, uh, you've been traveling, and it's sort of like a, you know, your birthday probably is celebrated all month anyway, um, you know, like most holidays here in America, right? We celebrate all month. Um, so you can enjoy that. And uh, the Voltaire sister show that we have going on is, as we said, called Voltaire's Necrochromicon. And you can, of course, find the information very easily on Facebook. That's a good place to look. And wickedfair.com is the main website. And then when you get to that website, if you go over to the right-hand side, you'll see Voltaire's Wicked Necrochromicon well, button. That one so. depends. If you were talking to Voltaire, I'm sure Voltaire would tell you that necrochromicon.com is the main, website, the main website, and if you click on the site on the right, it'll take you to the Wicked Fair site. That's um, true. Necrocomicon is, is not an extension of Wicked Fair. It does grow out of the Wicked Fair audience and out of the Wicked Fair idea, but Necrocomicon is very much a big, serious concept created by Voltaire, curated by Voltaire, and put together by Voltaire and the folks of Jeff Back Events he says, speaking of himself in the third person, and Dr. Andy, our programming director, jean Vievre, my programming assistant, it's Voltaire's Wicked Necro Comic Con attempts to be the first independent Comic Con for the dark, the strange, the macabre, and the unusual. It is not your garden variety horror event, though people who like horror events hopefully will love this. I mean, there are some fantastic horror events people can go to. There's Chiller, there's Monster Mania. And if what you'd like is a more conventional horror event experience, you are going to find more guests and, and bigger name guests pound for pound at the long-established horror events. But if you're someone who likes Halloween, you like dark things, you like haunts, you like the macabre, you like Edward Gorey, you like the Adams Family, old or new, you like Dan Wilson, you like things that are just a little bit off and disturbing and sometimes cool and funny, much like the music of Voltaire. If you like those things, we have built a gigantic virtual treehouse for you. It's just, I agree because one yeah. of the things that I, that I like about it is that, um, like, like you said, even in his music, how funny he takes horror. Well, first of all, and it's not... Like when I when people look at him, they're like, "Oh, he's a goth musician or something like that." He's got such this country twang, which is funny from for a Jersey guy because he left here somehow and he sold his soul in order to pay the toll to get out of Jersey because you know you can't. Um, but like his lyrics are just really so hilarious. They're hilarious and, and they're also disturbing and um, and of course, as you know, almost all of Voltaire's lyrics are based on true stories. For example, um, that song about how uh, about how he wants his ex-lover's lover to die and how if he cut up his ex-lover's lover, 
into dozens of tiny pieces and mailed them all over the country. No one would ever find the entire body. That was based on a true story. That's actually based on... Um, well, the statute of limitations has expired, so I can mention it's actually a story from my life. Well, that's pretty bizarre. I mean, you know, nobody really wants to receive a body part in the mail. You know, maybe you have different friends than I do. <laughs> I mean, although I'm sure there's an eBay market for that. You know, I'm very frustrated that you can no longer sell body parts on eBay. Yeah, but I thought that there was some sort of thing if it was like antiquities, because weren't people selling like creepy stuff like eyeballs from like World War II German experiments or something? That's the thing, right? If you take the body part and you pickle it in formaldehyde for long enough and you add in a little of a, damn, I forget what it's called, um, tincture of tincture of bronze, it really, really starts to look old. And then you just put on it, you know, um, human arm, 16th century explorer, name unknown. And you just mail it to, say, uh, the third grade teacher who gave you an F in alphabet, you know, not to, I mean, totally random example. I have never done that in my life. <laughs> so the next HBO show will be about <laughs> Necrocomicon. <laughs> they actually I, do have, another, have so many weird shows out that are supposedly reality, and they're just not, and it's ridiculous. It's like, you guys, you just need to go to the right conventions. Part of the reason why I believe that some of reality TV must be real is because I look at the actual reality around me, especially at the events that I go to, and I'm like, you know, probably someone has to be filming this. I can't believe these people aren't actors. I can't believe this is just how human beings actually act. Well, there is a great deal of theatrics, though, in the world of steampunk especially. I mean, those people that I've met at your shows, don't break character and it's like I'm just trying to ask a question and <laughs> and it's like the captain of the whatever and their names are like 20 names long and I'm like no really just tell me where the ladies room is <laughs> you know it's such one of the great things about one of the great things about steampunk in general is that there's no rule as to how to do pretty much anything so I've known people who just will not break persona and then I've known people who you know, one of my favorite things at a Renaissance fair is when you're speaking to someone in persona and that person says, Prithee, perhaps you should go in that direction and inquire of the regent herself. And you say, look, I really just want to know where the bathroom is. They're like, ah, is it the bathroom you want to know? Well, let's just go around the corner, go over to the left and tell him Joe sent you, okay? And exactly. it's just, <laughs> you get to see the human being behind the mask, um, which is really always a fun thing to do. Except again at Necrocomicon, where occasionally you peel off the mask to realize that you didn't really want to see what was underneath the mask in the first place, and then they bite your face. Right. Because uh, I do have brand new fangs that I plan on packing. Hot. So this was this is exciting for me. Um, you know, I imagine there will be a lot more a lot of fangs. Like I, there's nothing that will make me stand out at all. <laughs> I think you'll stand out somehow. I think I think that your personality is just going to be very noticed. But also, I mean, let's be candid. One of the things behind the idea of doing something like a Necro Comic Con, if you're not going to do a standard 
come meet the celebrities. And meet the celebrities is awesome. It's just that you can do that in a lot of places. So if you're not all about meeting the celebrities, but you want to appeal to people who love, say, Halloween, well, for example, one of the things that I love, I love haunts. I go to the Headless Horseman every year, which is just, you know, a huge, huge haunt. But haunts, by definition, need to get you in and out as quickly as possible. You can't stick around to see where they've glued stuff together or, you know, to pierce the veil. We don't have the the kind of budget to turn a hotel into something like, well, we don't have the ability to make Sleep No More happen yet. Give us another year or two. So if we're going to create an atmosphere for people who love Halloween and the dark and the strange, then the best thing that we can do is try to create a place where every single individual who walks into that hotel says, I suddenly feel at home. I suddenly feel like I'm among my people. I suddenly feel like this is where I belong. I suddenly feel like I'm going to bite somebody's neck. Yeah, exactly. And but I'll be in the PG section. <laughs> um, that is please gnaw. <laughs> well, I I was reading the programming track, some of the programming track. I didn't even I know that like every day there's new stuff that's announced, and. Um, the that on the the necrocomicon side there's a dr sketchy's event and yes. for people that don't know dr sketchy's it would be really shocking if they're one of my listeners because i i have done sketchy's before um it's uh very scantily clad people who pose for artists who sketch them and there's usually drinking involved and just um usually hilarious uh, themes or contests or something along those lines so um, this Dr. Sketchies, I don't know this particular group, but uh, I'm, I was excited to see that they're going to do something. So is that, is that a whole separate event? Because I know like the pricing structure that you've had is sort of a la carte. So is an event like the Dr. Sketchies part of the ticket price or is that something else? Everything is part of the ticket price with the exception of any special catered events. So no, for this Dr. Sketchies, um, if I recall correctly, Dr. Sketchies is a combination between a performer and a vendor. So in the performance segment, I believe that you can do some sketching for free. And then if you want to do more extensive sketching, I believe that is when you need to put something in to help pay for the expenses, the art supplies, the models, etc. Uh, but pretty much all of our events, this is just across the board, almost anything that doesn't actually need special catering, like we don't have the hotel serve you food or alcohol or something, is included under the main price. And then we have a couple of limited edition VIP situations. Like for the Steampunk World Fair, we have Scott McDonald, who is the author of Absent Antiques, one of the most highly regarded books about Absent to have come out in the past couple of decades, who has this very, very high-end absence donated by his own absence sponsors, including Butterfly, and has these antique absence spoons, this antique absence preparation equipment, and he will be preparing absence as he talks about it, and that is something that does have an extra price attached to it just because there's so much going on and there's a necessity of paying the hotel a corkage fee. But seriously... 
for pretty much any of our events, be it Wicked Fair, Necro Comic Con, the Steampunk World's Fair, you can buy your ticket and you get into pretty much literally everything. For something the size of the Steampunk World's Fair, you can literally start out at one of the main hotels, say the Embassy Suites. You can start out the moment the event begins and you can keep going until 4 a.m. and literally not see the same thing twice. And you can go to bed, wake up, and have that same experience all over again. Right. The schedule, the schedules are always very full. Like even um, when I attended the Geek Creation Show, which was a small show in comparison, but the schedule was packed. Like I had, you know, in between panels, I'd have like a minute to, you know, run and quick get a drink or something and then, you know, run back to the next panel. And, and it was back to back like that. And, you know, so these are even bigger shows where there's, you know, all sorts of performers. World's Fair has, like, such fun performances. So are are we expecting the same sort of thing at Necro Comic Con? Like, you're going to have musicians playing at the different salons? I'm assuming everything's indoors since it's February. Yes, everything's indoors because it's February. Yes, we have everything from musicians. We have the Silverhounds, who are a hard rockabilly werewolf band and... They're fronted by a bassist who is a who is um, who much much like my husband actually is a small man of Asian origin, and unlike my husband, this fellow plays an upright bass, which is I don't know approximately the size of Frankenstein's monster, and he jumps on this bass while he's playing it as he twirls it around, and it's just a crazy show. There's Baron Mizoraka who plays things like, for example. Um, Frank Sinatra covers all to a rather heavy sound. There's a Super Art Fight, which is well-known in the anime community. Oh, and I love Super Art Fight. Yeah, they're well, fun. They're, they're, doing an, they're doing a dark version of Super Art Fight. There's uh, Luna Plina, which is an astronomer. Uh, so, all right, I'll tell you the story real quick. We were thinking about some of the first content for this. And I actually called up our intern, Holly, um, a lovely young woman. I called Holly up and I said, Holly, you're studying astronomy at a prestigious school, right? And she's like, yes. And I'm like, would you put on a skimpy Morticia Adams costume and talk about the full moon to a bunch of crazy vampires and werewolves and spooky people? And she's like, I already have a skimpy Morticia costume. And I'm like, you are the best intern ever. And that's how that piece of programming came about. That's pretty fantastic. Seriously. Actually, when it comes to just wall-to-wall entertainment, the Steampunk World Fair this year is so far beyond ridiculous. Um, We did a serious venue search. One of the things we did consider was an expo hall for the Steampunk World Fair. And the Radisson Piscataway came back to us and they said, what if we bought a circus tent? And we said, what? And they said, we really want your business. We recognize that your business is very important. And to be frank, we are a hotel that is, we're a Carlson hotel, but we're independently owned and operated. The owner comes in every day and hangs out and talks to us. We talked to him. We talked about how much business you bring us, how much we love your event. And we said, he's going to go to a bigger space if we don't give him a good offer. Why would we buy them a circus tent? So they're buying us a circus tent 
So in addition to the huge tent that we have and the huge tent in the courtyard, we have a circus tent, and we're going to have a circus tent at the, well, a small circus tent at the Embassy Suites this year, and that huge jungle inside the atrium of the Embassy Suites is also going to be full of stuff. We have so much more space this year than we've ever had before for the Steampunk World's Fair, and we're going to be lengthening the schedule on both ends because we have so much more going on. We have so many more bands. We have so many more performers, so many more talks, and so much of this content is completely unique. So much of it has never been seen before, never been heard before. So much of it is combinations being put together for World's Fair or it's taking ideas we've had for years. Like, we were one of the first events to really do a serious Munchausen competition. Now we're doing a Grandmaster Munchausen storytelling VIP competition where we're going to get headliners from various performers, from bands, writers, actors, all together in one room doing a Grandmaster session of Munchausen. There's going to be not just stuff the Steampunk World said that no one's ever seen before, but there's going to be more of it in one place than has ever happened at any steampunk event in the history of the universe, and I'm not exaggerating. I know that I run the event, and I am pretty gung-ho for it, but seriously, there are amazing steampunk events out there. People should support their local steampunk events. People should go to all their steampunk events. People should rob banks and use the money to make it to more steampunk events. But you could literally put any three steampunk events in the world together and not have the amount of content we're going to have this year's Steampunk World Share. And when the schedule starts going online in the next month or so, you'll be able to look at it and actually break it down as a grid and say, Jeff wasn't just being wacky and promoting this event. This is true. This is real. This is just insane. That's And wh- when are the dates for that? Because obviously we've got uh, the... Wicked Necro Comic Con and Wicked Fair going on in February and Steampunk World Fair um, does include a lot of like fun outdoor stuff and concerts and everything. That's Is that April or May? That is in May. Steampunk World Fair is May 16th through 18th, 2014 in Piscataway, New Jersey. Okay. Yeah, because the um, it was like really cool when um, basically like you can go between the hotels and experience like this outdoorsy circus part with the people who do like flame dancing and all sorts of like uh, unicycle tricks and everything that you could possibly imagine. And then at the same time, then there's a different tent with the concert underneath. And that's um, that was the only time that I could say that I had problem, any kind of problem. It was a good problem for the for the show. I couldn't even see this. What were they called? Steam powered drafts. Because it it was it was so packed that um, we were just like standing in the parking lot and like looking at the big screen because the tent was already filled. That tent had a capacity of twelve hundred people. We got gigantic, gigantic tent, and I'll tell you, I'm going to send props out to Circuit Six, who do our sound and light. Um, In the forty-five minutes before the show. Because it's one of those things where, you know, as you see sometimes at Comic-Cons, people who really want to see a certain act will, well, at Comic-Con, people who really want to see a certain person will start camping the room. People started exactly. camping the tent, which I understand, you know, Steam Power Draft never made an appearance of this kind on the East Coast before. 
and they do such a unique show. And Circuit Six looked at this and they said, you know what? We're going to throw together a camera setup and we're going to do a live simulcast to this big screen outside. That was not something we had planned because we thought it's a tent with a capacity of 1,200 people. No one's going to fill that tent, you know? And we filled that tent and had people on the periphery. And that was with all the other stuff that was going on. Right. And just, I mean, one of the things that I witnessed, and I felt kind of bad about it because obviously these kinds of performers are, you know, they are so visual to, you know, it's not just about the song where, um, you know, it's not just a guy with a guitar and that, there's nothing wrong with that. I love, you know, I, I love really unplugged, you know, intimate music, but even the performances in the salon, these people look very elaborate and their instruments are just tweaked out with like amazing setups and stuff that you've never seen before. Instruments maybe you've never seen like the um, uh, Emperor Norton's stationary marching band, for example, you need to see them. And so many people were like, they were getting disappointed because we were off in the parking lot part, just looking at the, at the screen instead. But, you know, on the other hand, every single performance that I went to inside in the little like salon rooms, there's not a bad seat in the house because they're these small, intimate rooms. And I'm like, I'm like, you know, I was five feet from Unwoman, you know, like it was amazing. And I've been, I've been in the front row to see Voltaire just because I was there <laughs> and it was a small room. There's, there was no bad seat for, for those salons. You just have to figure out which show you really want to see. It's, it is hard. It is hard to figure out which show you want to see. And sometimes we have a very good idea of who's going to, who's going to fill a room. And sometimes we don't. And, you know, Sometimes people say, these people really filled this particular room. Couldn't you put them in a bigger room? And I I often say, you know, if I knew exactly who was going to fill a room and who wasn't going to fill a room, I would use that same ability to tell the future to get a lot of winning lottery tickets. But, but you know, yeah, it's, it's one of those things that's, that we agonize over, the kind of trades, the kind of trade-offs we make. Like, again, going back to the idea of an expo center, um, although, even if we had an expo center, it's very hard to get most expo centers to have a 1,200-seat space, especially, let's say we had an expo center for last year's World Fair. We wanted to try to seat as many people or have a standing space for as many people as saw steam-powered draft. It would still be very hard to get all that space together and then have good sound in something as big and hanger-like. So you get a better visual because you might be able to get a few more people able to see, but the sound would just not be able to be as good because there's physically only so much you can do with these big steel walls and these big concrete floors. And we spend all this time agonizing about where do we put things? What do we do? And the best solution we've found so far is basically the try-everything method. We try to have huge performers in huge spaces, and also we try to have them in intimate spaces where people can see them. And we try to have a mixture of people that you've seen all over the place and a mixture of brand-new people no one's ever seen before. And it's it's always an adventure, you know. I go into the Steampunk World Fair not sure what's going to happen, just as I'm going to go into Necro Comic Con having spent a long time planning it, not sure exactly what it's going to be like. Are we going to get an audience of horror fans? 
we're going to get an audience of geeks? Are we going to get an audience of strange people in general? Are we going to see a crowd that no one's ever quite seen before? What's it going to be like? I won't know until we get there. All I know is that we try to build that home. We try to make this place that is going to be the most fun, humanly possible, the most welcoming possible experience for other weird people. And frankly, we then get there and see what the hell happens. And I I can say from my own personal experience, I like the burlesque shows in the small space. <laughs> I'm sure I'm not the only one. Well, that's such a tough one every year, you know, because we, we, usually we have burlesque shows in big spaces and burlesque shows in small spaces. And, of course, the small spaces absolutely just fill up and people of wish they could get in. But on the other hand, yeah. the people who get in have this amazing show, whereas the larger spaces, people fill those larger rooms. But a lot of people say, man, that was great, but I had to see it from 300 feet back. I really wish I could have seen it up close. And unfortunately, there's always going to be a trade-off. Um, you know, I'll tell you, I was just I was just at my boyfriend's grandfather's 80th birthday celebration. His 80th birthday is right near my 39th. He's on the 20th. I'm on the 27th. And it was this splendid brunch buffet. And I kept trying to figure out what I wanted to eat because over here there was this entire tray of chocolate-covered fruits. And over there, there was an omelet station. And over here, there was this roast beef. And over here, there was shrimp. And eventually, of course, I just decided to put everything I could on my plate and condense it down into as small a package as I could and eat it all at once. And everyone looked at me like I was crazy because I'm crazy. But I always figure that you can give people a four-star, all-you-can-eat smorgasbord of entertainment, and you're probably doing something wrong because they probably shouldn't be eating the entertainers. Well, yeah, that's true. Even though I'm sure Voltaire is delicious. Voltaire I bet is I bet he tastes like absinthe. <laughs> I, I, bet he's, I, I bet he's got a little licorice taste to him. I want to find out now. Well, I'll tell you what. When I'm driving him tomorrow, um, if he looks out the window at some point, I will accidentally, quote-unquote, give him a little nip. And then I'll text okay. you and let you know how it goes. Okay, that sounds good. And, but and one of the things that you know, like we said, we're talking. You know, a lot of this stuff sounds very like uh, you know, eighteen over themed, and and plenty of it is. But you know, for those that aren't, you know, you just you like a more modest approach to your horror, to your goth, or your, you know, whatever it is. There are things going on that you know. There's like nerdy Star Trek type type of um, panels to go to. You can meet authors and talk to them about their work. You can, you know, uh, there's there's workshops about how to create characters. So there, um, you know, there's all sorts of different things that aren't necessarily, you know, about 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 TNA, if you will. Oh, no. We get our kicks with the Wasteland Sunshine. Um, and listener, if you're old enough to have made out that reference, Please forgive me for having made it. Chess is just a terrible musical, but I keep getting it stuck in my head. No, you know, Wicked Fair has always been 16 and up. It's never been 16 and up. Uh, there are some great 18 and up shows out there. But we believe very firmly that there's no one who needs a home for weird, unusual, strange, different people so much as people who are in school. Nobody needs that as much. I mean, people who are in health 
and searching for their identities, people who've just left school and are trying to figure out who they are. It's an important time for them to have something, too. And it's really good to be able to have elements which can appeal to an audience in an uncensored way, but at the same time, it's really critical for us that you have that you don't just have this experience where people who are under the age of 21 or under the age of 18 are told, no, we don't want you here. You're not welcome. How are you going to learn what it's like? How are you going to find friends? How are you going to find that there's a bigger, more interesting world out there than the one you see in your high school locker room if you're not allowed to be at other places? And how are you going to create a space that can show people just what kind of amazing lives they can lead as weird adults if you're not prepared to create programming that'll be fantastic for someone who is an unusual 16-year-old, an unusual 21-year-old, and an unusual 7-year-old all in the same room. Yeah, and it's, you know, it sort of makes me think about things like, like, like Scooby-Doo and the gang and Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I, you know, there's, there's teens out there who, um, you know, there's, there's content for them in the entertainment world already. I mean, that's pretty much what the CW made its money off of. Um, so when you see things like Friday Night Magic and talking about monsters and demonology lessons, I mean, it's really cool that this, that particular stuff is, like it's there's no real age restriction on on that sort of um those panels or workshops or whatever they are just gaming sessions like go nuts and like get your nerd on and because uh, I know I had a, a great time uh, his name is Kevin right your demonologist yes Kevin Mears very talented man yeah I had a great time you know I was at uh it was one of the real small salon shows with the occultist uh, market yeah. and you know just you know to me that's just interesting stuff. It's really fascinating, and what he talks about is quite enthralling. And, you know, I think that I think that someone who is in high school is someone who is... I have a lot of faith that people who are, say, 16 years old, 17 years old, are actual human beings. There are a lot of places which just don't seem to feel like they are, who exactly. can appreciate things in an intelligent way and who bring something to an event who make an event better by their presence. And, of course, you know, for folks who would like to go to something that is just an all-adult event, well, we throw straight-out balls to the wall and or other parts of the hotel. Other, uh, right. You know, we do throw the Geeky Kink event and the Geeky Kink event New England, and those are both 19 and up, and those are full-on kink events with a huge, huge dose of completely unique geeky programming. So we figure for people who are like, no, you know, I just want a complete actual adult event, we're not going to go halfway. We don't want to say, oh, yeah, this event is going to have, say, a little bit of nudity. Um, we're going to say if, you, if your desire is to have something that is for adults, come to something that is absolutely for adults, where interesting, creative adults have a completely adult atmosphere where they can do completely adult things like, well, in the case of our events, jump into a ball pit or bounce in a bounce castle because we're weird like that or play on our tentacle chair, things like that. 
we kind of have right. a range. And, Right, and so that's that's what's pretty cool about how the events are spread out throughout the year. So if somebody wants a taste of that, if it's their, you know, their first time or they're curious, then for example, try Wicked Fair because um, Goddess Thane is there and she's going to be giving some sort of lectures or is she doing demonstrations? Because I know lectures she's sort of like books all over. Yes. Okay. Um, including scantily clad tor- storytelling is going on. I mean, you know, so if you're looking to just dabble because you don't know what something is and you're, you know, you feel like, you know, you've had an absinthe and you're brave enough to explore at that point, <laughs> then, you know, before you hit geeky, geeky kink, <laughs> then try coming up here. Try going over to Wicked Fair first. And, you know, there's the other end of the spectrum. The Steampunk World Fair is absolutely all ages. And we have, yeah. We have all these pictures of steampunk babies, and we have we have these great steampunk kids activities, and we have activities that are specifically meant for people regardless of their age. And Steampunk World Fair gets an audience from, you know, negative nine months up to um, 80, 90 years old. Steampunk yeah, World Fair true. is just across the board um, has stuff for every age I can imagine. So we have a total range from bring the kids, bring the family, bring everybody, that's the Steampunk World's Fair, to bring folks who are mature and or considered a little bit more about mature by society, you know, people who can get into an R-rated movie without having to sneak in too much, that's Wicked Fair. And you know what? If you like something that's just flat-out adult, come to Geeky Kink events. Yeah, I think, and um, where can they basically follow you in general to get all of that information? That way, like, obviously, Wicked Fair has its own site, and Necro Comic Con has its own site, and everything does, but um, uh, is there one central online resource? You know, like, is, I, I would... Because Twitter is one place. Oh, yeah, Twitter is good. Um, people can follow Jeff Mack Events on Facebook. Um, much more information... You know, honestly, the best place to follow us is at Steampunk World Fair on Facebook. As long as you are at all curious, you don't have to be a steampunk. You can just be someone who is curious about and interested in steampunk. And that being our largest online presence, it's where we do tend to mention all of our other shows. Um, if you're interested in things that are dark and macabre, uh, our artistic creator, Aristotle C. Majulis, runs the Goblin Market on Facebook. That is a good place to follow, and it can keep your eye on some of the darker things. And then if you're interested in kinky things with us, I suggest just using FetLife.com and finding us on FetLife, the Geeky Kink event, the Geeky Kink New England, and I'm there as Jeff Mack. Um, those are some of the best places to get us. Steampunk World's Fair on Facebook, the Goblin Market on Facebook for Aristotle's page, and Again, for adult stuff, follow us on FetLife, the Geeky Kink event. And NecroComicCon, NecroComicCon actually has been growing by leaps and bounds. You can find NecroComicCon on Facebook, and you can also check it out at the website. And all of our events now use an online scheduling program called Sked.org, which is really, really, really flexible. It lets you look at the schedule as a grid. It lets you look at the schedule Online, you can look at it on your phone. You can print it out in various ways. You can print it out by time. Um, we're trying to really yeah, make it easier. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at it right now. And it, 
Yeah, I'm looking at it right now for for the Necro Comic Con schedule, and it's really like it's awesome because it's color coded. Um, you can just hover over something, and it brings up the like the short version of it. You can tweet it. You can add it to your schedule. Uh, there's all sorts of options for for doing the schedules this way. And of course, I'm seeing you know uh, Dirk Manning's panels on here, which um, he's been on the show lots and lots, obviously, and. Uh, he will be talking about writing comics, and you can pretty much ask us all about that at the table, too. And there'll be C.J. Henderson and Erica Henderson, and that is a rare combination. C.J. Henderson, of course, longtime attendee of our events and speaker at many, many events, who is still battling with cancer, and he is a great, great guy. I'm really happy to see him in some part of recovery. And he will be at Necro Comic Con, and his uh, his daughter Erica, the illustrator and creator, she's worked for the Venture Brothers. Um, she worked for the folks who made Guitar Hero. She's got a fantastic Tumblr, which I want to say is um, Erica Fails at Life. Tumblr. Org. Did I just say Tumblr. Org? I am old. Forgive me. <laughs> you okay. have a little vodka. <laughs> Internet. Forget that I said that, but. Um, it is very rare to see Erica and C.J. Henderson at the same event. Erica lives in Boston. C.J. is from around these parts. And Erica was kind enough to make a dual appearance with her father just for Necro Comic Con. And that's really, really special to us. And that's really great. Yeah, because I've never met her. But C.J. is delightful to talk to, and he will talk about anything. Um, uh, but definitely, especially like uh, Lovecraftian stuff. And he's a big detective uh, mystery writer, so um, he's a fun author to talk to. He's done so much. He's written so many books, and he's been around for such a long time in the industry. He can tell you so much about what's going on. It's always really interesting to talk to him. Yeah, there's, um, like you said, I mean, we've gone over like a lot of the looking at the schedule from 30,000 feet kind of look with the sketches and the art activities that are going on. There's concert activities going on. Uh, is there a costume-centric there's, party in particular? Yes, there's a masquerade, and there's the Vampire Club, which is a dark dance night open to everyone. And um, I do believe there's a curated costume contest. One of the challenges of a costume contest is making sure you have good rules and good judges, and I think that is still in the process of coming together. One of the hallmarks, I think, of just about every event is that I would never want an event where everything was set in stone a month out. I'd like to have lots set in stone so people know what's going on, but there are so many people who just come out of the woodwork right before an event and they say, I've got this amazing thing. I've realized I'm available. I just heard about your event. Let me bring this amazing thing to your event. And part of the joy is being able to bring in this neat stuff just at the very last minute. Um, Robert, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, though I've been reading his work for a long time. I want to say Trithard. Um, but he is the web cartoonist behind one of my favorite gothic webcomics, Rise and Shine, and now uh, Cloudy with a Chance of Doom. Great, great web cartoonist. Just brilliant, funny great artist, great sense of humor, and been around the goth scene for a long time, great sense of darkness, and we just confirmed him, uh, what, two days ago. He's not even on the schedule or on the website yet. 
just confirmed that he's able to make it. He'll be speaking. He'll be talking. Um, look up, say, Life and Shine, his old comic. And there are not a lot of webcomics with this kind of legacy to it. Every single day, something new happens. Steampunk World Fair is just in the process of confirming so many people. Um, we are this close. I will say it, but I'm, I want to say this is not a promise because it's not 100% confirmed, but it looks like we will be one of very few U.S. appearances for the men who will not be, who will not be blamed for nothing, which is just a spectacular steampunk band. And there's a fellow who's played with Dar Williams, um, Fred Eaglesmith. Uh, he was with her band Cry, Cry, Cry. And a lot of people I love made her. Up, well, I love her too. I saw her in Gettysburg years ago, and both as her opening act and then with Cry, Cry, Cry was Fred Eaglesmith. This, this amazing, this spectacular, this talented, this Johnny Cash-like, but kind of funnier, sharper American singer-songwriter, Fred Eaglesmith, has been on a real steampunk kick for the past couple of years. And he hasn't been announcing it. He's just been writing more steampunk music and bringing in American steampunk fields, what he does, and picking up the steampunk aesthetic. And there's, I'd say, a 50-50 chance that within the next two weeks, we're actually going to confirm him as well. Um, people keep asking about Steam Power Giraffe. We are talking to Steam Power Giraffe. I don't want to talk about it too much because, honestly, at this point, um, they are still deciding whether it's going to be the best thing for them to do. But whether or not it is, honor just to have a chance to talk with them and to get their advice on events. There's just so much going on. And I'm not saying that as a person who's promoting these events. And by God, I am promoting my events. Please go to these events. I need the money and you will love them. But seriously, I, I just am so ridiculously excited about all the things that are going on right now. I can't even begin to tell you. That's awesome. Well, Jeff, let me just like wrap up everything real quick um, because I'll let you go because I know you're still your your beloved is still driving you. Thank him again, of course, for for doing that. Um, I will. I'd like to give a shout out to Alexander, my boyfriend, who has faithfully driven this entire way. Without whom, I would either not be able to do this interview, or I would have already crashed a car into a barricade like 45 minutes ago while I was just interviewing yeah. wildly. Yeah, we wouldn't, we, you know, then that would just be, this This would just turn into evidence then instead of a podcast. I mean, it might so, be good for uh, ratings, I don't know, but yeah. <laughs> as, long as, nobody but, as long as nobody but me was hurt, I wouldn't feel so guilty. Aww. <laughs> well, I will be seeing you then in a couple of weeks because we're talking about the dates uh, for uh, Necrocomicon and Wicked Fair in Bridgewater, New Jersey, which is starts February 21st. It's Friday and goes Somerset. through the weekend. Somerset, right Somerset. next to Bridgewater. The hotel is the Hotel Somerset Bridgewater um, because they were trying to be sneaky and get more business from people looking to find Bridgewater, but Bridgewater is actually 10 minutes away. It is the Hotel yeah. Somerset Bridgewater. Only $99 a night, by the way, compared to 120 for the Wicked Hotel, 126 I think. With well, I think one of them is sold out. Yeah, yeah the Belfry is sold out. Hotel Somerset Bridgewater, 732-560-0500. Ask for the Wicked Block or the Necrocomicon Block. That'll get you the $99 rate and the free breakfast. That's fantastic. And then, of course, you know, then after that, then, you know, we'll just be talking about Steampunk World Fair after we survive this. And it'll probably take that many months to recover. Assuming we survive this. I never make that assumption. 
<laughs> okay, Jeff. Well, thank you so much, of course, for, for being on Vodka Clock and, and sharing all of this great information. It has been such a pleasure. And holy, uh, I appear to have actually finished my bottle of vodka while I was talking to you. Um, I am so proud. <laughs> uh, we're going to have to stop somewhere because I owe my boyfriend a bottle of vodka. And he doesn't okay. even like vodka. Wow. <laughs> Okay, uh, if I've been a little incoherent for the past half an hour, uh, that's actually just the way I usually am. But I'm going to blame it on the vodka anyway. That's okay. That's okay. It's all right. It's the show. The show is founded on this. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Amber, and thank you to everyone who listened. Thank you so much. I really, really hope to see you all in a few weeks. And folks can always contact me on the internet. I tweet at Jeff Mac, J E F F M A C H, or you can find me on Facebook at that Jeff Mack, or, you know, you could just go to wickedfair.com or the steampunkworldfair.com or pretty much any event name.com, I probably run it um, at this point. And if I don't, well, you'll probably talk to someone else who's cool and fun to talk to. Yeah, chances are if they're listening to this, then we've all got some sort of, like, mutual friends anyway, the Jamie Hatton, Wild Pig yes, Crew. Yes, the, the folks from Intervention Con, the Twisted World, um, Story Keeper, lots of fantastic people who run events out here, Gemini and Scorpio. Um, Shenley, lots of wonderful people. Right. So, you know, so basically, you know, I'm, you can always uh, ask me for the, for more information. I'll just put you in touch with the right people if that's, if that's what it takes, because I'll, I'll do that without a problem. But you can find me on Twitter at Elizabeth Amber because I like Twitter best. Uh, but always, yeah, there's, there's more information on Facebook. So definitely get over there and uh, make sure that you RSVP and so that you get all of the updates because there's constant, constant updates. And like we said, the schedule is sort of flexible at this point, so there might be changes to the schedule coming up. Yeah. All right? All right. Sounds good. Thank you for uh, joining us. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Cheers. Cheers. Have a great night.